Leading a beauty business in today's ever-changing economic backdrop takes a multitude of skills along with guts, instinct and energy. In the Industry of Beauty's In Conversation podcast, we talk to the people who are in possession of all of those qualities and more, including those who have set up their own businesses or those who have risen to the top of beauty businesses, large and small. We delve into the background of these leaders' careers, find out what drove them to success, what continues to motivate them, and what their ambitions are for the future. We also get their take on how they see the industry developing, along with their advice for those wishing to follow in their beauty footsteps. Sabina Ranger is the entrepreneur behind fledging beauty brand Bella, which is shaking up the cosmetics market and Instagram with its Wanderlash Mascara, which promises a full slash effect in just a few simple strokes. Wanderlash is the first in a planned series of products that Ranger intends to launch in the world of beauty, with the stated aim of outperforming alternatives on the market. Ranger tells Editor-in-Chief Loretta Roberts about how her family's business and her dissatisfaction with false eyelashes motivated her to enter the highly competitive cosmetics world, how she has created such a high profile in such a short space of time, and what her ambitions are for future growth. Sabina, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Loretta. I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. And all the better for speaking to you. I'm very, very interested to hear more about you and your business and in particular your your mascara, which I've just been um, checking out on Instagram and the results look quite extraordinary. So keen to know how you get that to happen. But before we do get on to Bella World and the mascara, I just wanted to get a little bit of background information on you before you started this business. Tell us when you started it. Tell us what you were doing beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I started the journey to create Bella three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Prior to that, so I actually grew up in a family business that was centered around quality products. So the mission was create products that are better than market leaders and compete with market leaders in emerging markets. So from a very young age, I had this exposure constantly to how do we innovate? How do we be better? How do we take what people love as a benchmark and actually create something different and disrupt markets? Um, So I would always go in, you know, from the age of nine, you know, onwards. I was always in the office either as a receptionist or, you know, looking at packaging or I became really fascinated with quality products. So, of course, I went on to do different things. I mean, I went to LSE. I did lots of um, internships and banking, consulting, even with Google. Um, But after the grad scheme uh, at PwC, I quickly joined my family business. And that's where I spent five years basically developing, creating, formulating products and getting them onto shelves, which was really exciting. Wow. Well, that was quite the apprenticeship that you had there. (laughs) And, and very useful, I imagine. What were the sort of products that you were working on in your family business? So anything from juices to biscuits um, to hand gels to energy drinks. Um, I mean, for example, where market leaders, for example, would put 10% of juice concentrate uh, into their juices, we would put 100 for some variants or where... Um, air fresheners would have 0.5% perfume and use pressurized water to release the air freshener. But that would mean you have lots of moisture in the air. So people slip, artwork gets damaged. 
etc we would use different different release systems um to do with certain so gases Dina, that means that it's completely dry and instead of half a percent perfume we would put one percent perfume the most expensive ingredient um so really very varied across the whole fmcg board how interesting so it was take what other people are doing but just do it an awful lot better than them and uh shake up the market i guess that's what you're trying to do then with your your new venture it's a mascara it's a false lash effect mascara i suppose is the um easiest way to describe it but tell us then what was the aha moment because there often is when people launch a product that you had that led you to then create this product Mm -hmm. so I guess having the fascination and having that real passion for quality products that perform um, and growing up, I had an interest in beauty always because I think while seeing uh, my mother actually build this business with my father and I'd see all the hardships that would come their way because, you know, they came as immigrants and she would apply her makeup in the morning and she would leave the house as a totally changed woman you know an empowered woman ready to face all of the challenges so I was always very interested in beauty like simultaneously with with this product fascination and I loved false eyelashes so as a teenager I was always wearing because I have you know a round face I feel I have chubby cheeks so (laughs) I always felt that false eyelashes slimmed my face because you know they just And they were great for photos as well, where they say, you know, the camera adds how many pounds. I felt if I had my eyelashes, I would look good. Um, But I was always very uncomfortable with these eyelashes. So I'd always have the lash fibers poking my eye. I wear lenses, so the glue would often blur my vision. I felt good. Yeah, I felt good. But I looked actually rather unfriendly and unapproachable. I I understand. I don't wear them, but I do understand that false lash technology and products have got an awful lot better but I can see that they would still be tricky I mean I used to wear them when I was very young but not now and yeah like you say contact lens wearer the thought of trying to glue those onto my eyes and just the time I, I can't imagine wanting to go I know. they do give a really lo- lovely effect if you get it right don't they absolutely but you know it got to a stage where I'd be driving especially late at night and I'd have blurred vision because the glue oh, would be God. in my eye or, you know, you're, you know, when you're speaking to somebody and one is half falling off, half, <laughs> you know, it's just, I thought this is a heavy price to pay. It really and, is. and especially with my product background, I thought if I'm going through this, I'm sure many others are. So this is a problem I just have to solve. There you and go. I guess that was the aha moment that was when I thought okay I've got to put pen to paper driving at night with an eyelash hanging off nearly crashing (laughs) (laughs) decided that you could do something about this which for which we are all grateful (laughs) um I mean it's one uh, given your background I suppose it's not surprising that you had this moment and then went and did something about it but what was it that really drove you to go and set something up because you saw your parents struggle you saw them working very hard to launch products you must have really believed it to then go out and actually do something absolutely I mean it's not easy at all to to start something to launch something um to then sustain something I think there's so many challenges um so many obstacles that come on your way constantly so you absolutely you have to have you have to really believe in something and I think that belief is what sustains the journey and what it was for me is that the more obviously I believed in it because of my own experience and the effect 
that I could see this product had that it, it really does look like false lashes. But the more and more women that I spoke to, especially on this journey of even formulating um, Wonderlash, which is our our mascara, is that so many women resonated with what I was saying. Um, so many people rather, because men men can wear mascara too. And in fact, I have some male models uh, on our website. But um, so many people resonated with what I was saying and said, actually, me too. You know, I have those issues. I hate sitting hours for a lash lift or I find it really uncomfortable. And we started doing surveys and a lot of research and we found as many as 97% of the people that we surveyed had some issue or the other uh, with false lashes, which is a huge number. And I think that is what really kept me going and keeps me going, that I know there are a lot of people out there who would benefit from this product. Let's talk about this product then, because um, you felt very strongly about it. So you felt the solution to the issue that you had was to create a mascara that effectively gave the look of a false lash. Um, Tell us how it does that. So it's really interesting because when I was on this journey of formulating the product, there's actually many components that make a good mascara. It's not just the formula. It's not just the brush. It's the bottle. It's the distance between the brush and the bottle. It's the wiper that you use that, you know, dictates how much formula goes on the brush. There's so many components. So it's all of that in a nutshell, but also the actual formula itself is very thick and it's thick on purpose. So we say a thick formula for thick lashes. Um, so it's it's not very runny. It's more, it's, it's a buttery gel-like texture that will really grasp onto your lashes and um, stay there, stick yeah. stick there rather yeah. for, for the day, which is nice. The brush has um, special technology in it to actually lift the lashes. So it's ergonomically shaped. Um, and it's got wavy fibers to capture even the smallest of lashes. And that's why when a lot of people use the product, they say, wow, you know, I don't even need to curl my lashes. And that is because of the brush and the way it lifts. How interesting, because there are a lot of um, mascaras on, on the market, aren't there? I mean, you would have tried dozens, if not hundreds of them, I'm sure, in your, in your research. Um, and they all claim to do certain things. But I don't know that I've ever found one that that does what yours does quite so impressively. I mean, how many iterations of your formula, for example, did you go through before you landed on the right one? And and can you tell us what's in it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. So many iterations, (laughs) so many, so many formulas uh, that we rejected because they weren't thick enough. They weren't, uh, it wasn't dramatic enough. Um, It was nice. Yes, there was coverage. But I think what we wanted was something that was really buildable. So you could build the look you desire. You know, if you want day wear, you could just do one layer. If you really want that false lash effect, you could keep going two or three layers and and you get it fast. Okay. Um, In terms of what's in it, uh, we formulated it to be as clean as possible. But still perform. And I think that's key to us as a brand. Um, Often, Another reason people are very surprised, actually, with with the product is the more you take out, and obviously we're vegan as well, and the more clean you are, the more people have the conception that you don't, the product doesn't perform, it doesn't work. Mm. Um, But it it really does, and performance is really key to us as a brand. Um, So it's it's free from allergens, alcohol, fragrance, silicones, parabens. The list is endless. Um, but we've also added, um, hemp extract to condition and hydrate your lashes, 
jojoba to promote lash length and black currant to promote lash thickness. So we wanted to add these ingredients to really care for your lashes mm-hmm. um, and give a bit of edge. Yeah, yeah, no, but it is important to look after your lashes as well, isn't it? You know, they do they do weaken, they do get thinner with age. So you want any product that you put on them to be a form of care as well as an aesthetic. Um, I would invite people at this stage to go and look at your Instagram. It's at, at Bella World, isn't it? The yes. the handle and go and look at the uh, look at the results that you're achieving. And probably better still go and buy one, and then they can check it out for themselves. Um, <laughs> you've, got, you've got a great Instagram, but how else have you gone about spreading the word about your product and getting some customers on board? And what's that process been like? No, thank you so much. Um, I think initially when we launched, a lot of it was quite organic. It was word of mouth. I think that's the brilliant part of the beauty industry, where if a product works or somebody likes a product, they recommend it to a friend or even better, people see it on them and say, oh, are you wearing false lashes? And they say, no, actually, it's this mascara. So I think that that was really, really nice and still is nice to see the word of mouth piece. Um, But other than that, we are... Our strategy involves influencer marketing. So I guess finding finding the right people that align with our brand, um, the, obviously getting them to believe in the product, which they do once they try it and, and you know, do a bit of research on what we stand for. Your, I guess your, your amplification strategy has been very heavily uh, centered on social media um, mm-hmm. and getting influencers on board, getting them to use it, getting them to advocate for it. Um, how did you do that? How did you go and find people? Many of them have agents. So I think the first step is kind of finding out who their agent is, who represents them, and getting them to believe in the product. Yeah. After they believe in the product, they're happy to speak to the talent they manage um, about the product and about potential partnerships. But it's also getting them, I guess, as the next step to yeah. believe in the product because they are effectively endorsing it to their audience that they've spent years and years building so once they believe in your product and they resonate with your brand, your values, your ethos, you know, your vision, then they're happy to come on board. Um, and that can be a very lengthy process. It can take months to on board the right person. It's it's not as easy as you contact somebody and they promote it, you know. One of the one of the key things that we're also doing is um talking to beauty editors um and targeting press because I think that really gives a stamp of credibility to consumers so we've been slowly building our press portfolio um also podcasts so for example this is my first one super exciting but it's i think it's an amazing way to get to get the message across um to engaged audiences Uh, uh, what sort of feedback then have you had so influencers have promoted you we can see that on your social channels there's organic um promotion where word of mouth because i think the beauty industry is almost almost unique I mean I know everybody likes to tell each other about stuff but it's so engaged isn't it people love to tell you about this thing they found that will do wonders for your skins the best mascara I'm sure you get a lot of that but what sort of feedback have you got from your user base and have you used that to improve the product or will you put it in future products so so far we've had some really good feedback uh, for the product which is really nice. We are in the initial stages. Um we are still new to the market, but it's been really oh. nice to hear that people yeah. feel it's a good alternative to false eyelashes, which I guess yeah. was the aim of the game. Uh they don't feel they have to go through the pain anymore or wait hours for, you know, the lash lift. We call our we call the effect the 30 second lash lift, you know, from our mascara. So I think that's really nice when people say it works. Good. And they like they like the packaging. They like the ethos. 5% of all our sales support mental health. 
So I think that resonates a lot with a lot of people as well, because it's something that affects all of us. Um, and it's, it's, it's been nice so far. Absolutely. We'll continue our In Conversation podcast after this short ad break. Hi, I'm Tom Shearsmith, news editor at the Industry of Beauty. And I'm here to remind you that every day we dedicate ourselves to producing daily news features and insights to keep our readers up to date and ahead of the curve of events changing the UK beauty market, such as breaking stories, interviews and analysis. Remember to check in every day to stay up to date. All of our content is free to view and why not sign up for our free daily update newsletter to get all of this essential content delivered direct to your inbox. It is a good quality product and it's it's not cheap, but it's a what, what are we paying for one of your Wanderlash tubes? 28, 28 pounds is the price point, um, but it's very expensive to make. So yeah. I guess quality is something we never want to compromise on. And that's mm. what I very much learned, I guess, from my background. Yeah. And that is what sustained our products um, for years. It, it was always the quality. So yeah. that's something I was really keen not to compromise on. So even from the formula, even from the brush, even from the packaging, the outer yeah. packaging, the whole brand experience, our mailer box, our information cards that you get. And obviously we've got this philanthropic arm as well. Um it is it is a fair price, I would say, based on the cost. Absolutely. And it does product. it all does look beautiful. It's beautifully packaged. Um and people can buy gift sets and, you know, double packs if they want to. Let's talk about that philanthropic element then. You you said that a certain percentage, I think it's five percent, goes to mental health charities. To tell us about mm-hmm. that, because that's a really interesting aspect. And um why did you feel that was important? So I think I really wanted to create um, a platform for positive change as well as creating a brand. And mental health is something that affects all of us. And as many as one in two people in the US or one in four officially reported here in the UK are suffering from a mental health challenge of some kind. And I think um, beauty and mental health is is quite linked. There is There is a strong synergy there. And I mean, a lot of people apply makeup or get into skincare or, you know, go into beauty regimes for their mental health to make them feel better. And okay. I think it's, it's, it, it ties in really nicely and it's, it's a really nice way to give back and to let people know as well that when they buy our products or when, you know, they join our community, they are also helping promote something positive in this world. Yeah, that's a lovely, a lovely sentiment. And you're quite right, of course, that, um, for all the criticism that the beauty industry gets, um, it helps a lot of people. They feel that they feel a lot better for using the products. And I, I've spoken to many entrepreneurs, such as yourself, brand founders, and they get into it because they want to help people feel better. They've spotted a concern that people might have, be that with their skin, be that with their hair, nails, whatever, and they want to help them. So it's rather nice that you've taken it that step further. And I'm sure it's... Um, I'm sure it's gone down well with your with your community. Do you have any idea about your community in terms of um, you know the age group you're attracting, or is it far and wide? Um, so it's interesting. So thank you so much for your comments. Um, it's it's interesting because it's quite varied. I mean, our, we say our target market typically would be theoretically. Um, women in their kind of mid to late 20s and above, just because of 
the, the brand yeah. look and feel, the packaging, the price point. Um, however, we really get a mix. And I think that is, that's the um, interesting, interesting point in beauty where if somebody sees a product, they like it at, at whatever age, you know, or they see a result that they want, they will want to buy it. So we've had, we've had a mixture of people from, you know, teens to women in their seventies and, and it's really nice to see. And men, yeah, absolutely. Some men have the best lashes. <laughs> You're right. I think it's a lot of brands have a target market, but often it ends up being much bigger than they think because if something works, people of all ages want it. And you've got a product there as well that people can get a different effect from. So mm-hmm. like you say, somebody might just go for a lighter um, look by only applying maybe one or two coats and others might put three or four on there to get the full on um false effect so it's it's versatile like mm-hmm. that I suppose isn't it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely it's buildable so there's something in there for everybody um depending on what on what look they want to create we purposely didn't make it waterproof because I guess with our whole ethos of we care for your lashes yeah. when you do have a waterproof mascara sometimes it can be very damaging uh to remove from your lashes so we wanted to make sure I was going to ask that because I was thinking it's thick. It's a thick formulation. You're saying people putting four coats of it on or something like that, going really well with it. I'm wondering what it would take to get it off, but it sounds like it's pretty easy to take off. Absolutely, very easy. So, um, so it, it effortlessly kind of melts away when you're washing your face. If you're using any oils to remove, I mean, I love using coconut oil to remove my makeup. That's my number one makeup hack because it just melts away. So it's very easy. And I guess that was the aim from the beginning. Um, Obviously, with any mascara that is not waterproof, you have to be careful not to wear heavy eye gels. You know, if you put like thick layers of oils and moisturizers and then you apply your mascara, you know, the moisture will rise up and actually break down those ingredients in your lashes. And that's where you can lead to, you know, a little bit of smudging, etc. So it's it's not waterproof which people do do love too um because exactly what you're saying they the removal is easy you know when you come back from a late night you don't want to spend hours taking mascara yeah. off your lashes and then having five of them fall out oh, so yeah. <laughs> that's nice we've been there it can't take ages can't it you know just constantly think if there can't be more on here and you're just constantly <laughs> so um it's great to hear that that that's the case as well i hesitate to ask you this because i know you're early on your journey mm-hmm. and um you know you're just building up awareness around this one product but I so love your approach and I so love this solution based approach that you have that I'm wondering if you're probably not going to tell me anyway if you do but uh, well, at least not the specifics but could you just um are you going to apply this to other products in the beauty market? This this ethos. You've got your your sites on other categories, perhaps. Yes, most definitely. So, um, a really interesting uh, thing in the beauty industry is it takes ages to launch a product. So, coming from coming from a background of um, consumer goods, where if you want a pack of biscuits, you know you can you can actually get that made in a few months. Where if you want if you want a beauty product, it can take eighteen months from start to end to launch the product just because of everything involved. Um, especially when you're not white labeling, because we don't white label anything. We own our formulations. So, um, but despite that, I do have a full range planned, which will be launching next year 
So categories such as lips, um, cheeks, more more on the eyes. So that is planned and super excited to be able to share it with you. Well, we'll come back and find out more. I'm very excited to know that you're doing that. I was hoping you were going to say that because I was was thinking, oh, she might not tell me because she might be a bit secretive about it. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm pleased you've got more at your sleeve. You mentioned there, um, and just the last question before I let you, I let you go and work on these products because I'd like to see them as soon as possible, please. Um, you mentioned that it can take up to 18 months to launch a product. I know that. I know that that's the case. Some people take even longer than that. For you, what was the trickiest part of the process to get right then? You know, when it came to developing the product and the packaging. Absolutely. I think it's a lot trickier, I would say. Uh, well, for me, for my my journey, it's a lot trickier than, you know, a food or drink product because there's so many different components involved Mm. in this one product even from a packaging perspective you know your supplier for your outer and your primary packaging and even even some other components inside they're never all gonna might not all be the same supplier I won't say never because you never know but in my case they're, they're not from the same suppliers um so there's a lot of coordination and I think that's the tricky thing is just making sure you get everything right um, and also for me, it was patience. It was patience because there is a long lead time in this industry. Um, and sometimes you just have to sit back and say, okay, you know, it will take as long as it's going to take, but at least you'll end up with a, with a quality product. Yeah. And that's always the aim, right? That's, that's what you want because mm-hmm. you can't go out with something substandard because you'll never be able to get that reputation back again or it's hard to anyway, isn't it? So. Absolutely. And it's such a competitive market in in the sense that it's quite saturated I think there's so many different there's so many amazing brands out there there's so many amazing products so I knew that in order to penetrate the market I'd have to be different we would have to innovate we would have to really give a unique market offering um and it, it takes a long time in this industry for sure it does one thing I would say about the consumers though in beauty and this has happened over the last five, ten years or so, um, and more intensely lately, is that they are open to trying new things. They're very open to new brands and and to a story behind a brand. You know, they don't always gravitate towards a super brand. You know, so if you can find, mm. muscle your way in and find that customer, they can often be quite open to it. At least I hope that's true. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I do agree with you. I do agree with you. I think there is a meritocratic nature as well, where um, if people see something works, or if if they have that word of mouth piece, um, mouse, I meant mouth, word of mouth mouth piece, piece, um, or, um, or they've, you know, they've heard from somebody that the product works, the product's good, they've seen the results, they are open, they are open to trying. And that, that is refreshing. Whereas in contrast, I think in the food or drink industry, it can take mm. years and years just to establish that name. You know, for example, if you want to make baked beans, you're then competing against Heinz, who's right. been there for, you know, a hundred, I don't know how many years, hundred yeah. years. So, so I agree with you in that sense, which is really nice. So I'm going to wish you lots of luck and invite people to go and find out more about you because uh, you, you've got something interesting going on. And I'm going to ask you to come back when you've launched revolutionized lips cheeks and whatever else it is you're working on because i would be very very fascinated to hear about it so 
Thanks, oh, amazing. Peter. Thank you so much. Your support means the world. And it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I'm a huge fan of yours too. Oh, and I love reading your you. articles and I love listening to your podcast because I think you really engage with oh. interesting people and tell so many different stories. Really? Um, and I love oh, it. No. Well, I, thank you for saying that. You can definitely come back. I mean, you were, kind of, you were coming back anyway, but you can definitely come back. <laughs> thank you so much. Take care. Thank you, Loretta. Take care. This beauty leader's story inspired you. Why not head over to our website at www.theindustry.beauty or find us on your favorite podcast platform where you can hear from many more leading industry figures. Don't forget to subscribe so you can be sure that you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please do leave us a review or rating. If you would like to suggest names that you would like to hear on the podcast, feel free to drop us a line at press at theindustry.beauty and remember to visit www.theindustry.beauty for your daily beauty fix and to sign up for our free daily update newsletter.